Hey guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be a fun episode with my friend Daniel Franco of Burnt Timber Outfitters. This is Thursday, the day before the opening uh, uh, archery elk season in Arizona. Uh, it starts tomorrow, Friday. Uh, Daniel, what's going on out there? Not much. It's uh, It's been a little bit of a slow start this year. Um, been a little surprised, but it's uh, it's been hot, which isn't helping. Uh, and I'm sure the full moon's not helping either, but uh, they're definitely starting to ramp up a little bit. Uh, it's been getting just a little bit better every every day, so uh, we're expecting some pretty good things this year. So with the slow start, uh, some of the benefits of a slow start, can you talk a little bit about years that you've seen them where they're just blowing their hats off, um, and then a year like this where it's, you know, slow start, how, how that's... Uh, you know, can play into the hands of the hunters? Well, there's a couple of different benefits to it, um, as well as some disadvantages. But, but the benefits, you know, with a slow start, uh, it, if you've got a target bull that you're, that you're really trying to kill, a, a big mature bull, um, and with a slow start, a lot of times they won't be um, cowed up yet. They won't have their big harems of cows, so um, um, you'll catch them traveling quite a bit uh, just because nothing's – coming into heat yet nothing's hot so uh they'll they'll bump around quite a bit they'll travel they'll move they'll kind of go over and check these cows circle back over check these cows so uh that's a that's a great time to try to kill big mature bulls before they before they gather up their their big group of cows and and then you're fighting the cows obviously so uh the other benefit is you know they they start out slower so they're not going to get broke up near as as fast and uh, i haven't i've yet to see any two bulls uh even get remotely close to each other as soon as one starts to get a little close to the other one one or both of them will actually peel off and, and hit the other direction which is good uh less less confrontation less broken points uh so gives you a little more time to to get on your target bulls and get them killed before before there's a chance of any uh broken points so yeah, for the listeners out there that haven't listened to a podcast with uh, Daniel uh, there, uh, Daniel's based right there in the heart of 3C and, and born and raised in Heber, Arizona. Uh, Daniel, give us a report. I know you're working uh, 3C and 4B, uh, that kind of area uh, this year pretty hard. Um, what do conditions look like uh, in each unit, uh, maybe compared to normal and uh, just what's, what's the overall, you know, is it dry, you know, pond water catching, or is it super dry, spotty, and compare the units a little bit? Well, as far as 3C is concerned, um, we did not get our monsoon moisture this year like we, like we typically do. Um, it, it's still fairly green uh, in some parts more than others, but for the most part, it's still fairly green. Um, the the rains that we did get uh, in in end of July and August were were very spotty, very isolated. Um, so some areas greened up a little better than others, uh, but for the most part across the unit, it's pretty dry. Um, the grass is dry; it's pretty crunchy. Which normally this time of year we've had so much rain that uh, I mean it's typically pretty quiet walking. So that's going to be a a challenge this year. Um, it's it's pretty noisy out there just walking around and trying to slip in on you know a herd of elk or on a bull it's going to be it's going to be a little difficult 
Um, most of the ponds, majority of the ponds in 3C did catch water. Uh, they do have water, so uh, water is not an issue. Um, and like I said, for the most part, it's pretty green, so, so elk can kind of be wherever they want to be in the unit uh, at this point. Uh, on the other side of the road, however, in 4B, it's uh, not the same story. There's, there's quite a few dry tanks uh, in 4B, and obviously the further, further north you go, the, the more dry tanks you find. Um, so, so water is a little bit of an issue, um, and there's some areas that are that are decent as far as green grass, and there's other areas that are that are pretty burnt that didn't get a whole lot of rain. Um, so, I think that's going to kind of centralize your elk in the in the areas where there's the better feed in the water. Um, so, that's going to kind of be the key there in 4B, from what I've seen. Um, so yeah, similar but but pretty different. Even though they're you know only a couple of miles apart and separated by a highway, but uh, the general consensus so across the board is it is it is pretty dry. We could we could definitely use some rain to to quiet it down. It's it's pretty crunchy out there. What are you seeing as far as antler um, potential? As far as growth, uh, is it as, you know as good as you've ever seen it? Is it up there with as good as you've ever seen it? Where are we at? Well, it's it's a little hard to tell right now. I still don't believe that uh, the majority of our bulls um, have have shown up from the reservation yet in 3C. Um, but based on what we have seen, um, I think this is going to be a banner year. Um, we're, we're seeing young bulls with some phenomenal antler growth. Uh, we're seeing mature bulls that look really, really good. Um, this is definitely going to be a year of extra points. We have seen a ton of extras this year, inline sevens, kickers, flyers, uh, I mean, you name it. Um, it. It's crazy, crazy the amount of extra points that we're seeing this year. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit of a unicorn, I think, to shoot a, a straight typical six-point this year because everything through a flyer, or a kicker, an inline, something, um, it's uh, crazy. It, it, it's great. It, it's some of the best antler growth I've seen in in quite a while. So that's awesome. Now in three C uh, tomorrow actually starts the early rifle hunt. Uh, they put the early rifle hunt in front of the archery hunt, uh, and from the sounds of it, with not a lot of reservation bulls showing up in three C, which we had talked about on a prior podcast. You know, there was some concern that uh, those best some of those best bulls that you're usually, you know, used to wanting to target and focus on on those early rifle hunts, they they're not even in the unit yet. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it, you're you're spot on on that. There's, you know, it, it's pretty slow. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's just been so hot and, and full moon that they're just they're not talking a lot. Um, you know, normally by now you can go out in the morning and get on five or six different bulls and get a look at them and, and keep moving. They're, they're shut down way early in the mornings. Um, some nights they're not even starting up until after dark as far as bugling. So it, it's going to be a slow start for the rifle hunt. Uh, it's going to be tough. Um, next week is forecasted all in the uh, highs in the 80s, uh, lows in the upper 40s to low 50s, which uh, really is not going to help that rifle hunt. So um, unless some 
some cows start really coming into heat and and uh the winds are blowing out of the north and the reservation can smell it and get over here it's it's probably going to be a little slow um so it's yeah kind of interesting how it just played out this year with being as hot and dry as it is that uh it's definitely going to start to have a slow start so uh i'm anticipating the archery hunt to be you know ramped up and ready to go by the 20th when it starts um because by then it's you know stuff's going to be in motion and cows are going to be coming into heat and it's going to be it's going to be game on so as far as activity that archery hunt the way things are shaping up with it being a dry monsoon and then being fairly lethargic plus throwing the, the full moon you know opening weekend and and still will be uh relatively full you know that whole first week i mean for those guys sitting on a 3c archery tag right now it's probably the best thing that possible could have happened to him yeah yeah that's that's i i would i would agree with you there you know it's just based on what we're seeing here these last couple of days in in 3c it's it's going to be a tough first couple of days that's for dang sure on the rifle on so that could uh you, that could just make that archery hunt even that much better you know for the guys that are listening that aren't in 3c uh, but, you know, anywhere across the state or even New Mexico, for that matter, when you're going to be elk hunting this weekend, Daniel, um, it, you know, dealing with the full moon, dealing with warm temperatures, as someone that's, you know, elk hunted as long as you have, you know, what are some of the things that you're thinking about in your mind with your mindset, not only with how you're preparing, but, you know, with your tactics uh, on the ground, you know, with actually your game plan, how does that, you know, what what kind of tips could you give for those guys that are going to be hunting hot temperatures and full moon? Well, as far as hot temperatures, um, water is going to be a huge key. Um, I've I've been spending quite a bit of time. You know, the, the the bulls aren't bugling real late in the morning, so once they get done bugling, I've been spending uh, a good couple of hours driving around, checking tanks, checking different you know guzzlers. Uh, uh, trick tanks, everything, where to, just to see where the water sources are, um, because that's going to be a big key, especially early on. You know, like in a in a New Mexico or a 4B or or 10 or whatever. I mean, they're they're going to have to hit water. It's going to be in the 80s. It's going to be hot, and they're going to water. Um, something that I've already seen going into this is uh, it seems to me like the majority of their watering activity is already after dark and i would i would attribute that to the full moon uh, i think they're not getting to water sources until after dark or uh, early in the morning before light and uh, that's when they're that's when they're watering so that hopefully that doesn't play out uh for the entire hunt um, but i i can see that being a little bit of an issue right now where where i don't know that they're going to be coming in during during shooting light um, to a to a water source. Do you think a lot of people that are sitting on this 14-day archery hunt and they've been, you know, raring and ready to go and, you know, some of those people can't hunt the full 14 days, I've been getting a lot of people asking me, man, with, with the conditions the way they are, you know, would you hunt the last 10 days or the first 10 days? And I've been telling people to hunt the last 10 days or last seven days um, yeah, I'm curious your thoughts on that as well. Well, so for for the average person, I would say absolutely. I think the I think the later in the hunt is going to be the best part. Um, the only 
wild card there is if you've got a specific bull that you're targeting that you really want to kill, um, as long as he's, you know, not traveling a bunch and, and kind of set where he wants to rut, he just doesn't have cows yet, then the beginning of the hunt could be your, your best chance to get him killed. Um, but I would say, yeah, for the most part, the, the last week, last, you know, 10 days of the hunt is going to be the best. Um, and that's why I think that 3C hunt's going to, archery hunt's going to be really good because it's, you know, it, it doesn't start until the 20th, so it, it's going to, it's going to start up right when they're ramping up and, and ready to go, so. Daniel, I know you're busy. Um, would you give uh, the guys listening, archery elk hunters, elk hunters in general, uh, a couple tips that you think will help them uh, throughout this season here? Uh, hmm. Well, the very first thing that comes to mind, and I see it every year, is you've got to get the wind right. Um, the wind is either your best friend or your worst enemy when it comes to elk hunting. Uh, and time after time after time, year after year, I see guys walk into bugling bulls with the wind at their back, blow them out, and run it for them, run it for everybody. Um, the number one key to elk hunting, in my opinion, is the wind. You've got to get the wind and then work into the elk. Um, another thing, and I'm probably going to get crucified for this, but that's okay. Uh, another thing is I, I am not a big caller. Um, I love to call elk, but when I am trying to kill an elk, I, I don't use my calls hardly at all, I'll be honest. Um, I am more of the uh, stealthy slip into uh, a herd of elk, wait for the herd bull to, to make a mistake and walk by. Um, and if I have to then, I will use uh, a soft, quiet cow call to get them to stop uh, just in order to get a shot. Um, all too often I see guys walking through the woods, you know, just squeezing hoochie mama and blowing a bugle. And 99 times out of 100, the bull grabs his cows and heads the exact opposite direction and a lot of times not even making a, a peep. Um, so... I think, guys, it's, it's fun to call in elk. It's one of the funnest things to do. I love it. But there's a, there's a time and a place for it. And I, I think guys just way overuse their, their elk calls. Um, you know, if you, if you tune that down just a little bit, even cut it in half, I think you'll be surprised at, at uh, how much more success you'll have and how, how many more opportunities you'll get in on, on bulls. Those are good tips for sure, um, and I think using the call at the opportune time, you know, you would be the first one to say yes, absolutely, but, you know, just yep. so much calling out there, and guys are fired up to call, but a lot of them, you know, even the best callers are not great all the time, and so you end right. up screwing up a lot. Um, so, but, right. you know, if, well, if you go into the hunt and that's all you want to do is call bulls, then then so be it. But if you're one of those guys, I get questions a lot where guys are like, you know, I've killed a handful of bulls, but nothing big. And well, a lot of times you've got to do other things than calling, you know, isolate, right. find the bull first, then move in. And then, you know, when you end up calling, you end up calling a lot of the satellite, the smaller bulls. And that's why, right. you know, the last six bulls you've shot are small little bulls because those are the ones that mm -hmm. tend to just come running to the call. And 
So guys yeah. are like, wow, I guess exactly. I never really thought of it like that. Exactly, and then and then you call in a, a satellite bull that you know you didn't even know was there potentially. He comes running in, sees you, get your wind, and where's the first place he's going to run? He's going to run right back into that herd with the cows and that bull, and off they go. So right. that that's another reason that I don't I I just don't call that much because it number one it kind of pins you down. Once you call, you can't you can't really move. You're you're kind of stuck because you start moving, elk are now looking your way. Um, yeah, I like to be able to just sneak in, you know, as quiet as I can, slip around, keep an eye, you know, a- almost like a spot and stock hunt, so to speak. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, inevitably when you, when you, if you're going to call in a bull, more than likely it's going to be one of the small satellite bulls unless you catch uh, a big bull at just that opportune time, which, which happens, and I've seen it and we've done it, but... Uh, you know, I, I've I've guided guys from from Washington and Oregon and 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 a lot of these other places where it's really thick and you really can't sneak and that's that's all they know how to do when it comes to elk hunting, and they have absolutely thought I've been nuts for not just calling constantly and and trying to call in bulls and I've I've tried explaining this to them and I I think some of them get it and some of them don't but um, right. yeah you can you can definitely overuse your calls absolutely. Is it going to surprise you when it's all said and done if the early rifle hunters, the general consensus is the early rifles and hunters in 3C struggle this week? Is that, is that, going, to, is that going to shock you? Not at all. Not at all. Um, I mean, there's some great bulls out there, but there's, there's not as good of bulls as what we're anticipating, uh, if that makes sense. I think, there's, I think there's still bulls to show up in 3C. Uh, and weather with the hot weather and the, and as dry as it is and everything, full moon, and how it all plays out, whether they show up during that rifle hunt uh, or don't make an appearance until the archery hunt, uh, it would not surprise me if they struggle. And then also with that, will it surprise you if by the time the rifle and the, and the archery hunt is over that maybe a 400-inch bull, maybe a, two 400-inch bulls might come out of 3C? Uh, not one bit. I, I would be surprised if it's less than two. Let me put it that way. Um, there, there's some phenomenal antler growth this year. Uh, absolutely amazing. I'm even going to go out on a limb and say that there'll be a 400 inch bull kill out of 4B this year. Wow. So it's, it's, it's unreal. Uh, I haven't haven't seen it this good in a while. Yeah, I mean, when Arizona gets that moisture at the right time, um, you know, it's it's one of these things. A lot of these other states, you know, have been, in essence, kicking Arizona's butt. But, I mean, I keep saying that, you know, Arizona, when it's wet, it can really jump up on and kind of take the, th- you know, take the top spot again. Um, so it'll yep. be fun to see how the season unfolds for sure. Um Buddy, I really appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. I uh, want to give you a chance to let the listeners know uh, where they can find you. Um, best place to follow us is probably Instagram. We, we do that the most. We're, we're horrible at it. We, we need to do better and update it more. Uh, but you can follow us on Instagram at Burnt Timber Outfitters. Uh, or you can follow myself, uh, Franco underscore BTO. Uh, or my partner Mike Hancock at Mikey underscore BTO, uh, as well as our guides. Um, we're all on there. That's probably the best place. You can also find us on our website, uh, www.burntimberoutfitters.com. 
Uh, it's got our email address, phone numbers. Uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on and spending a little time with us. Uh, good luck on all your seasons. And uh, we'll be chatting at you after the season and, and uh, look forward to seeing your pictures on Instagram, okay? Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. All right, buddy. Take care.